0: All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio Podcast. This is the intro for episode sixty. I have Matt Landman with me. Jason and I are going to talk with Matt Landman. He is a chemtrail activist. He's been on the show before. Um, actually, he knows Patrick Roddy, who I've also had on the show. Um, oh, before I before I get into this, uh, Matt Landman is creating a film uh, because he looked around. And uh, as a chemtrail activist, and I'm, I guess I'm going to quit saying chemtrail, as an aerosol spraying or weather modification activist, um, he wanted to make a film that was better than what he was seeing out there. He has created a movie called Franken Skies. And all the members of Crow 777 Radio, in the comments section below the full clip, there will be a login and a password that gives you access to the initial cut of this film. I haven't seen the whole thing, but what I've seen, uh, it's very well done. And I look forward to taking some time at some point during the week and getting through it. I think it's about 80 minutes. But anyhow, Matt has offered that up to membership. Anyhow, it was some years ago uh, when I was still in San Diego and I was out under chemtrails hours every day filming them, catching interesting things, seeing what was going on. It was way back then when I began to say on my YouTube channel, that I suspected the idea of global warming, which I consider as nonsense, um, was going to be used as an excuse to legitimize what we were then calling chemtrails. Um, fast forward to me coming to the East Coast. There's a beach here that I've been coming to since I was, I don't know, five years old. I think I was the first time I ever saw it. Um, it's a small beach, and there's a chain link fence that is just above the mean high water mark and um, you can always tell when the water has gone high enough to hit the fence because uh, seaweed and all kinds of junk gets caught in the chain link fence and it stays there for months even years sometimes the seaweed dries like leather and just stays jammed in the fence that fence as far as i can tell has not been hit in many 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 years so how is it that the small body of water, which connects to the open ocean, uh, the sea levels are not rising. This is one of the main critical points of global warming, the fear porn that is spread, that cities are going to go underwater. And so many of us just look at the information that's being jammed down our throat, and we don't take the time to observe what we can observe. For my part, I can observe a beach I've seen since I was five. If the water was rising appreciably, there's even a marker there in the shape of a chain link fence that would let me know hey man the water level is rising this is not what we see global warming is nonsense and not only is it fear porn it's been blamed on all of us we drive cars we do all these things that are causing this i would invite any person listening this that lives in a major city area to go out and look up any given day of the week do you see the white lines in the sky I'm old enough that I can remember the 80s, the 70s, even part of the 60s, and we did not see this, Um, this crisscrossing of the sky with long white lines behind jet aircraft. In this episode, Matt Landman makes a lot of good points and even points out that this is such a programming kind of mind screw that they have even edited chemtrails into movies now. So, and we can demonstrate the first time I I think the first time I saw this was about three years ago. I saw an old, I think it was a TV show from the 70s where two kids were sitting on a fence. I think there might have been a train. I'm pulling this from memory. It's been a while now. And I remembered having seen it many years prior. They found the original clip that was chemtrail free, and then they found the updated modern clip where very ingeniously, professionally, seamlessly, chemtrails had been laid in. Many people may roll their eyes at this, but I would also invite you, next time you see a car commercial on TV, so many of the car commercials pushing the chemtrail idea. Look at the skies behind those cars. If you were selling cars and you wanted a beautiful outdoor scene, wouldn't you want a blue sky? Then why do all the car commercials, nearly all the car commercials, have white lines left by jets in the sky? In this episode, we further talk a bit about an email that Jason, Uh, James Alfred sent me. For those of you that follow, you realize James Alfred has been on the show a few times. He runs the blog called Sage Sigma Unbound, and he's a very analytical person and speaks in a way that is appealing to the general public, not getting to occult but taking apart the kind of occult ideas we see. He notified me because I don't watch the news. He always tells me if he finds something interesting because he knows I won't be watching um, that there was going to be a rocket launch called Malamute and uh, it was going to shoot this colored aerosol or something up into the ionosphere or some other nonsense that NASA is claiming. Um, And I went out three days so far to try to see it, and the launch has been scrubbed each time. I'm a little outside of the viewing zone, but it's supposed to put colors into the sky. I think the 15th is the next time, which is today, that they may try to reschedule the supposed launch. James Alfred took a part the information, the numbers, the naming. He put it into Hebrew, came back with words like evil, deceptive, all these other things. And as he began to switch over into the Crowley mindset of the Luciferian ideals that we cover so much on this show, he began to find connections to the death tree. Um, and this is all in conjunction with this rocket launch, which is again injecting the Lord knows what into the supposed ionosphere above our head. So as we get into this episode, I know so many people listening will have been subject to the programming, the full-spectrum programming that has convinced them that those white lines in the sky are normal and that they are nothing more than contrails. I will add this. The only part of contrails they are is part of the word that was fashioned to program you. It's a con. They are, in fact, contrails. They are conning you. This is not normal. Anyone who's taken the time, people like me who have spent many, many, many hundreds if not thousands of hours filming what's going on, understand that what's going on is not normal, it's not good for our environment, and to top it off, it is blocking huge amounts of sunlight. In the last five months, I have seen one sunset in Rhode Island from where I am that was not blocked by these trails. They put a smudge right on the horizon where the sun's going down. So I invite you all, go out and pay attention to your skies. Go out and see if you can see a sunrise or a sunset. I talk to so many people in metro areas that claim it has been years since they have seen an unobscured sunrise or sunset. Where I am here, so many people come and they say, why aren't you filming anymore? Well, besides the fact we have a winter here, the weather here has been crazy. We've had rain and overcast all the way up till this week where we got into the 90s finally. And with one exception, every blue day we've had, the white lines show up in the sky. And what this does is if the moon happens to be in the proper position for me to film it, it makes it nearly impossible for me to be able to focus. So there's no way I'm going to drag out all the equipment, sit there for many hours to get subpar video, which probably won't mean much. Again today, I went out this morning to get some milk and guess what? Blue skies with white lines from the east to the west, across the ecliptic, the path of the sun, so there it is, man. We're going to talk a lot about what Matt and the activist community suspects the chemtrails are doing, and a lot of it has to do with blocking the sun, and a lot of it has to do with the nonsense global warming agenda. So anyhow, let's jump in. And again, members, when you log into Crow 777 Radio, the top comment there will give you access to the movie called Franken Skies, of which Matt Landman has been the author, director, and basically of the one-man show that put it together. So there it is, man. Cheers. And I almost forgot before we jump in, um, we had such an overwhelming response from members of Crow777radio.com submitting questions, um, and they are in the second hour. We begin to answer these questions in the second hour. Matt Landman comes back for the first portion of the second hour to cover a little bit more about the film uh, that he's allowing all membership to view, and then we get into the member questions. There was such an overwhelming response that what Jason and I are going to do is add a segment into each episode now uh, that continues to answer member questions. Uh, part of the reason is is that there was no we could have probably went two hours longer and uh we wouldn't have been able to get through all the questions so what we've done is compiled the list and each episode we will continue to go through in a certain segment of the episode uh the the membership question so there it is man let's jump in with matt landman and jason lingren and talk about our sky All right, man. Welcome to Crow 777 Radio Podcast. This is episode 60. Uh, I have with me today Matt Landman, who you may remember, was a previous guest on this show. He is a chemtrail activist, and he has created a new movie called Franken Skies. And incidentally, Matt has said he will provide a free sneak preview to all membership of Crow 777 Radio.com with a login and everything. Uh, I have seen major portions of the sneak preview. I'm looking forward to seeing the whole thing. It's quite well done. Um, and in it, you will notice that a previous guest named Patrick Roddy is also uh, in the film in places. I didn't realize that Matt and Patrick knew each other. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. But anyhow, welcome, Matt. Thank you so
1: much for having me again. How's you, How are you doing, Crow?
0: Uh, pretty good. Actually, we have a blue sky day here, which is a rare, rare thing with natural clouds in the sky. We have had weather like I can't describe so much rain. And when it hasn't been raining, the chem planes have completely blocked visibility. And when your guy likes to shoot the moon like me, it makes it tough because the moon is not always in the right position.
1: Yeah, it's been like that here as well. Where are you located nowadays? I'm in Rhode
0: Island. I'm south of Providence.
1: I see. And um, I heard recently there was a Rhode Island uh, Geoengineering Act of 2017. Did you see that?
0: You know, someone had sent me a link, and I, to be honest with you, I have not looked at it. I always have such a big list, but what do you know about it? Do you know anything about it?
1: Uh, I know it's a statewide legislation that um, supports not having geoengineering in the skies of Rhode Island. But again, if you you know, if you know enough about this, it's a globalist agenda and, and statewide legislation isn't going to do anything. It can raise awareness, which is amazing, but it's not going to stop it.
0: Right. Rhode Island is a very strange state because it often opts out of things that all the other states are doing. But before we get in any further, let's get Jason in here. Welcome, Jason. How are things down in Baton Rouge?
2: Ah, it's a beautiful day today. Hello, fellows.
0: All right. Well, I'll tell you what. There's three of us here today. I'll try to keep uh, concise so that we have a nice flow in the uh, in the show here. Uh, we are going to be addressing chemtrails, but from a different point of view than you might typically hear from me, because Matt Landman is big into activism. And as so many people realize who listen to this podcast, I don't really join groups. So it's actually quite informative for me to catch up with people like Matt to see what's actually going on out in the world because I pretty much keep to myself but anyhow Jason I'll just throw it straight to you if you want to get the ball rolling down the court here
2: well Matt and I are very familiar with each other but uh, for anyone who doesn't know who he is why don't we just do a quick recap Matt Lamon, who are you
1: (laughs) hi yeah who am I um Well, I'm an activist filmmaker. I grew up in the Washington, D.C. suburb in the East Coast of the States. I'm now living in Vancouver, B.C., where where they have weaponized the ionosphere. It's it's a daily onslaught here, unfortunately. It wasn't like this two years ago. And um, the past two to three years, I've completely devoted my day-to-day life to exposing solar geoengineering, to waking people up to chemtrails. I've hosted two global chemtrail summits and about a dozen small town-like meetings on the west coast, and now I've got the film, documentary film, Franken Skies under my belt that I'm doing a slow release of, and I look forward to everybody watching it.
2: Fantastic! And why did you make this film?
1: Well, the thing was is I I when I first started waking up to chemtrails. I watched What in the World Are They Spraying and Why in the World Are They Spraying, documentaries by Michael J. Murphy, and to to be frank, I knew I could do a better job, and that's really what got me going is I had this drive of making something professional that nobody could pick apart, that could show the true history of the military-industrial complex because people need to know how this all began, that there's a history behind it, and that there's so many different names involved, including but not limited to Ted Gunderson, former FBI chief of LA and Houston. There are so many people that are not being included in the, the news that comes out and the documentaries that did exist, and I wanted to you know expose it and bring it to the masses you know i want i th- I wanted to make something that anybody could watch not just people in the truth community right it's it's something to wake people up not just to make friends in the truth or community you know
0: what i mean so I, i've got to ask matt um you know back in the days when i was in san diego and i was able to film a hell of a lot more than i am here And I have my camera on chemtrails. Uh, Every time I posted something, there was an equal number of people, if not more at times, coming in saying chemtrails were nonsense. Do you feel like after all this time, uh, so many people trying to point out what's going on in the skies above our head, do you feel like any progress is being made in terms of awareness or even in potentialities for having some effect on the overall program here? Well,
1: it's a funny thing. So so what happened in through my evolution of it all is I signed up for Google Alerts, and every single day I get an email telling me if the word chemtrails or if the word geoengineering has been dropped on the internet. And there was a big debunking last fall telling people globally that chemtrails weren't real, and I really thought I was up against – and I am up against – or we are up against – a a huge program with an unlimited budget, you know, full on military, full on military industrial complex. But what has happened recently is they have come out to legitimize and socially engineer an acceptance of it all. So now the powers that be are saying that we need Solar radiation management that we need solar geoengineering to block the sun to save us from global warming, so now my 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 pitch my dialogue while I'm doing this grassroots it's it's changed a lot so now instead of trying to tell people that chemtrails are real, I can point them to recent headlines and say hey, there's this plan of solar geoengineering to block out the sun to save us from global warming. And you know what happens when I say block out the sun? People who have been socially engineered, they say, oh, you mean like the Matrix? (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, you, you know what's what grabs me about this is we're talking four or five short years ago when i have my telephoto in san diego pointed up and started to become aware of people around the internet who are doing what you're doing more in the kind of activist community but at the time i was writing articles and i did what you did i put a google alert and what i noticed was Um, It did not seem to wash the returns I were getting. And they seemed manipulative to me. And whenever I tried to write an article using the words chemtrail, um, I had a hell of a time getting past editors to get anything out. And I made zero money on any of those articles. But um, it was almost a bad word, even in mainstream standards. While they were denying it with one hand, they were acting like, oh, this is something that no one has the right to do. It's almost like the book Animal Farm. I mean, we're talking four or five years ago in the book Animal Farm, the poor animal animals couldn't remember what happened four years ago, and their whole reality was being shifted every few years because they simply couldn't recall what was going on. I mean, do you get a sense of, I mean, you're, you're identifying the narrative changing, but it was almost like four or five years ago, chemtrailing was a bad word, even in the mainstream, and now, as you point out, it's being flipped over into this whole other mind game. Well, you see, the thing is, is it's
1: still a dirty word. The Through Operation Mockingbird, through the CIA, even the word conspiracy theory is a CIA word. So the word chemtrails is still a dirty word. So you can't really wake people up to that. But then on the flip side of the coin, there's the exact same thing, the spraying, which is geoengineering, which they're normalizing as a good thing, as a savior to man-made global warming, which is also a hoax. So the the dirty word still exists, and trying to tell people that chemtrails equals solar geoengineering that they're synonymous, that is really the biggest hurdle that I've that I've encountered.
0: So I'll make one more comment before I throw it back to you, Jason. Recently, I have been doing some more research on the sun and started to find very old ideas uh, like the word heliosun is the root word for healing. And people, I don't think, realize how incredibly important it is to, you know, think about when you were a kid out all day getting all that sunshine um, and just think about the modern times, how so many of us are in cubicles under fluorescent lighting now, just the reduction in the amount of sun we're getting. And it's kind of astounding to me that people can be so easily swayed that blocking out sunlight is an okay thing. Um, Even I think it's in Germany or something where they've legislated workers can't be without natural sunlight two or three hours. I forget what it is. Maybe it's three, three, four hours. Um, They've actually legislated these things. But this kind of shows the kind of spellcraft that is connected to what we're about to address here, because when you can take a human population and convince them it's okay to block out sunlight, I mean that's a scary scary thing isn't it
1: Well it really is and the and the thing is is I've encountered that you really need to spell it out for people like just telling them that they're they're going to lose their son isn't enough like they wanna hear that their food costs are gonna skyrocket. Then they can think about this tangible, oh, it's gonna affect my pocketbook. Oh, I'm not gonna be able to get food at the grocery store, it's all gonna have to be grown indoors. Like the like you're you're totally right. They are okay with the sun being blocked out because the global warming hoax and the guilt trip, because of course it's their fault because of the cars that they're driving, right? The guilt trip has been put on so full forced that they feel like something needs to be done. They are afraid of being underwater. Even the movie Waterworld was a part of the social engineering. I mean, I know that you know about how everything is part of the social engineering from the music to the politics to the filmmaking to to everything. But if you go back, I can't believe that they – even with The Matrix and Waterworld and all these movies, people have been pre-programmed and conditioned to fear. It all starts with this fear. The fear-mongering is so full-forced that people are okay with losing their blue skies, and they don't really realize the consequences. And yeah, the vitamin D, if you research vitamin D, it's a building block for everything, your immune system Every building block in your body needs the vitamin D to get going.
2: Absolutely. Now, let's talk about the whole chemtrails being a dirty word thing. We definitely have a double-edged sword being wielded against us here. On one side, it's definitely made out to be crazy conspiracy theory, right, Matt?
1: Well, yeah. They, they control the dialectic. They can, I mean, they, they control the dialogue. They control both sides of the argument. And I've realized recently they even control the word contrail. Okay? The word contrail was created by them as well. It's a con. Right. And then the word chemtrail, they created it. And so when you're in that conversation, you're already in their framed conversation. They control both sides of the thought. Okay, And see, what I've realized is when you see what you think is a contrail, a plane going by with a very short trail, 99% – I think it's actually 100% of the time, but I'm going to say 99% of the time, that's a barium release. They're releasing barium. Barium doesn't leave that long of a trail. So what you'll see is a long trail, and then immediately thereafter or just before, you'll have a primer rocket. They have barium-patented, barium, barium release rockets. These shorter lines are different chemicals being released. But you're over there – or not you, but people thinking that it's a contrail, they're still falling into this frame debate, and they don't even realize that they're being conned.
0: Right? Yeah, it's crazy. The spellcraft and and the full spectrum program. But I've got to ask Matt. You know, I've been away from kind of being even able to film this for so long because we're just so slow getting out of winter here. It's just now happening. Um, I'm already thinking about what I'm going to title this episode. And just in the short conversation we've had so far. I'm reasonably sure I don't want to use the word chemtrail. Um, I mean, what what would you recommend when we're titling uh, information like this that we want to get out to people?
1: Oh, wow. Well, people's people's minds have been so
0: twisted
1: that <laughs> I hate to say it, but global warming. Global warming is the word that they click on because their fear is so programmed that they want a f- solution to global warming. And let me just say really quick, back to the contrail thing, I have woken people up that that are impossible to wake up by showing them the pattern of contrails, okay? So you'll see blue skies. So whenever there's a blue sky in Vancouver, Canada nowadays, it's because they're clearing the slate for their laboratory. They're literally creating a clean canvas so that they can use the atmosphere as a laboratory. Not my quote, that's a quote from NASA, using the atmosphere as a laboratory. And once they have a blue sky, they come out with their barium release rockets, with their drones that leave these short trails, the quote unquote contrails, but they're not, they're a different chemical. And once they've primed the sky, they'll, they'll, they'll come full steam ahead with all these planes and drones and rockets that leave a short dissipating trail. So once they've primed the sky, and that chemical is up there, then you can tell your friend, tomorrow they're going to come with the persistent linear cirrus cloud formations, and they will grid the sky the next day or that evening because they've primed it. So... To answer your question, yeah, chemtrail is a dirty word. And people who know about chemtrails think that they already know everything. So that's not going to entice anybody. People that have heard the word chemtrails, they think it's a dirty word. And you're crazy conspiracy theorists for even using that word. Okay, Solar geoengineering is kind of complicated and confusing. If you look that up, then you fall into solar radiation management, stratospheric aerosol injections, all these other confusions. They try to confuse you. So even that you can't use. So I would say... Think you know everything about global warming? Click here because <laughs> global warming is the word. It's the scary word. And to glo- global warming is I go out, I drive my car, I pollute, and that's melting the ice caps, killing the polar bears, and killing my children. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, global global warming is nonsense. I, I just can't get away from saying it every time I can say it in a public forum. Global warming is BS. And I said years ago that I would not be surprised if global warming was used to, you know, make okay the idea of chemtrailing. But I wanted to bring up one more thing before I throw it back to Jason. James Alfred, who's been on the show quite a number of times and is quite a researcher in his own right, uh, into taking occult things and making them more palatable for the mainstream people to read and understand, had pinged me saying that NASA was going to do a launch um, that was going to be visible from, I think, New York down to uh, Virginia or something like that. North Carolina, I don't remember. But he took apart the name of what they were doing. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but I'm just bringing it up. I went out to try to shoot it three days in a row. They scrubbed the launch. I assume it went off last night. I haven't checked yet. But the name of the launch was like the word Malamute. I assume it relates to the word Malamute, um, but Malamute, spelled Malamute, M-A-L-E. Um, and, uh, James Alfred took it apart and he began to find the Hebrew meanings to the word. And then he went over to the Crowley side of things, which we always look at because we know what's going on with some of these folks. And he came up with the tree of death and all these other things. And, and the excuse I believe for the launch, and I haven't looked at this in depth yet was the idea that they were doing something with the ionosphere for a study. And I just wanted to ask real quick, Matt, did you hear anything about this? Yes, I did. And this is part of their CARE,
1: C-A-R-E. It's part of NASA's CARE program, the Charged Aerosol Release Experiment, where they make noctilucent clouds. This is a real thing. And if you look up noctilucent clouds and you look up the Charged Aerosol Release Experiment, it's all releasing barium, charged barium, into the ionosphere that is, it's radioactive, so it's colorful. And um, I can't help but think that this is part of their agenda to, to mess with the ionosphere, to have the aurora borealis be further south so that when people see these colorful things in their night sky or even their day sky, that they're normalized to it. It's part of a normalization of colorful crazy looking skies and that's all it really is or they're, or their mass poisoning the east coast you know as per usual but i really think that it's part of their normalization of colorful clouds over vancouver two days ago at 2 p.m i saw a bright orange rainbow chemtrail floating in and dissipating over the city and people were pointing at it and taking photos and saying oh how pretty and if you look it up there's a new cloud called circumhorizontal arc, and circum <laughs> circumhorizontal arc, th- again, they just want to confuse you. That's the thing. They give you a big word so that you feel really smart when your conspiracy theorist buddy comes to you and says, look, they're spraying you with chemtrails, and you get to say, oh, no, that's the circumhorizontal arc cloud. It's actually <laughs> one of the new clouds that they put in the cloud atlas. So. So ultimately, it's a a conditioning, I think. I think it's just trying to normalize it and have people taking pictures of it and
0: saying, NASA cares, C-A-R-E. So I'm going (laughs) to... I've got to add what James Alfred sent me. For everyone listening, you may remember James Alfred. He he runs Sage Sigma Unbound, the blog. Um, There's a lot of good information there. He's one of the most analytical thinkers I've ever run across. Um, But I just want to referenced the email he sent me about this we're calling it the Malamute launch Um, he converted the word to Hebrew and then back to English and what he came up with was evil, vicious, wicked sinister as the meanings behind the naming of this mission then he ran it through Gematria coming up with 616 and jumped over to Crowley Um, he started to relate it to the number of the Quilfoth of Pisces um, and he thinks it's probably representative of of the tree of death, the color violet, the connection between dispersing ravens and lilith, and the 29th pathway in the Kilfoth. Um, This goes on and on and on. So we're talking about death trees, evil, vicious, wicked, sinister, all this stuff. Um, For everyone listening, James Alford is going to send me, when this research is tightened up a little bit, these are just first reactions between emails between the two of us. Uh, He's going to send me uh, his upcoming blog. I'm going to read through it. We're going to talk about it, and he's going to post. But anyhow, sorry, Jason, back over to you.
2: Well, you kind of guys kind of got into the other half of what I was getting into earlier about it being a double-edged sword. The other edge of the sword, of course, is how they're normalizing all this. And they're doing it in subtle ways through through social engineering and media and all that, even to the point that uh, I've discussed with Matt, th- how they're going back into old films and adding chemtrail lines into things so that it looks normal, especially to people who are younger and don't actually know any better. They're, they're trying to normalize this whole affair. So... Matt, if you if you uh, have some some good things you want to point out about that, how they're trying to, on one hand, say that chemtrails is a bunch of nonsense conspiracy theory, and then on the other hand, trying to normalize the concept of geoengineering.
1: Well, they normalize it through, like you said, going back and editing old films. They've even, when they digitized the film Jaws, they put in the persistent linear cirrus cloud formation, the contrails, the, the chemtrails. But especially nowadays in the children's films, they put harp clouds, digitized clouds with the frequencies pulsing through it. They put them in video games. They put them in advertisements. They put it in children's films. And going back to how they, it's, it's evil. It is pure evil. And the darker that this, planet this realm, the darker that earth gets, the more that they bring their satanic agenda to the forefront and put it in your face so that we can co-create it so that we can accept it so that we can be conditioned to it. Even with the activists, they play these kind of games. it's this it's this ebb and flow these games that they play. So, so back in the fall, there was this, there was this survey that went out, and they did a scientific study led by the key debunker, Mick West. Mick West is the the debunking guy. He doesn't have any scientific background. He's actually got a computer programming background, but he is the one that has MetaBunk.com. You look up MetaBunk, you can get anything debunked. He'll debunk a bicycle that runs electricity. He'll debunk 9/11. He'll debunk anything especially chemtrails. And he led a research study, or they claim it's a research study. What they did is they sent out 400 surveys. And these surveys were very, very, very specific, okay? And asking questions about chemtrails. And it was, do you think we're being poisoned by a secret large-scale atmospheric program? And they called it SLAP, S-L-A-P. And they said that slap was what the conspiracy theorists were calling it, okay? So it was a direct slap in the faces of the chemtrail conspiracy theorists or the truthers, really, and they, and they surveyed 400 people. Of those 400 people, 78 responded. Of those 78, 77 said there is no slap program. One person said, yes, I answered yes to all of your questions and all of your questions pertaining to the poisoning of humanity and whatnot this the scientist said that it was going on this they ran with they normalized it they engin- they engineered this public publicly and every single publication USA Today forbes magazine economist washington post everybody ran with it to produce this and this this publication this this study to normalize and to steer the public's perception of it all so everybody saw it my grandmother saw it my mom saw it across the planet people saw this slap this program this what they were being told is the truth they're being told what to think instead of taking the truth for themselves and experiencing it for themselves and realizing truth There's this quote that I like to say, you can take authority as the truth or truth as the authority. And so instead of going into your memory and remembering what things were like, people get to now look at the old TV, the old shows and see the chemtrails and say, oh, yeah, it was like that because now they're being told. They're being told through these different programs, through NASA making your sky colorful, through the SLAP program, all these different ways of conditioning and morphing and shaping the way that you think. And the kids are the ones that I worry about the most.
2: Yeah, I I can definitely agree with that. Now, you mentioned earlier the films, What in the World Are They Spraying? and Why in the World Are They Spraying? which I've seen both of them and I've seen yours. And yours is fantastic. Do you feel that um, this is going to have a a huge impact on the activist community? Like, how do you... I know there were some problems with the the gentleman who made those first two films. And if you want to mention a bit about that, that's awesome but what impact do you think your film's going to have in comparison to those first two films that have already been out for a few years?
1: Well, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but I plan to alter the course of humanity with my film. I know that's a, that's a tough um, thing to do, but ideally I get it in front of as many people as possible and I change the way that people think. You know, I want people to be able to completely wake up. I liken it to my generation and or our generation waking up to 9-11. Now, once woken up to 9-11, I realized that there is actual evil on earth and that maybe vaccines could be bad and hold on. What is GMO? And wait a second, they're spraying us or, you know, they're modifying the ionosphere they're weaponizing the ionosphere and then mk ultra and everything kind of opened up and blossomed for me because i woke up to 9 11 now the youth it's not very easy to wake them up to 9 11 because it's so old and they've already got a preconceived framework in their brains but and, and they didn't see. They, didn't, they weren't in New York. They weren't awake that day. You know, they weren't watching TV that day. They weren't affected by 9-11. So when you try to talk to them about it, it's so long ago. Try to talk to an 18-year-old about 9-11. It's just not really happening, okay? But they can see the lines in the sky. And if you can wake them up to chemtrails, you can wake them up to anything. So yes, I plan on it being way bigger than those other two movies. And unfortunately... It seems like the maker of those movies, Michael J. Murphy, it seems like that he is and was controlled opposition. Now, a lot of people in the activist community might not like this conversation even happening. but, But the thing is, is controlled opposition is very, very real. The military industrial complex has spent trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars manipulating the media. Manipulating the way that you think and perceive the persistent linear series cloud formations. They've also planted people all over the place, especially the activist community. Operation Mockingbird is still in full force. They create media, they create activists, okay? And there's not a single city in the west coast of the United States that has not been targeted. To to convince the populace that chemtrails is a dirty, dirty word. I met people in Portland, Oregon who encountered people on the streets telling them about chemtrails. So they already have their framework in their head set up. You say the word chemtrails and they think back to five years ago, they met a guy on the street. He had this big banner showing you the persistent linear series cloud formations. He also looked homeless and sounded crazy. And he was giving you these flyers saying you're getting sprayed like a bug. You're getting sprayed with poison. And that is only a very, very small percentage of it. I don't want to even go around telling people that they're being sprayed with poison because what it is is they're trying to block out your source. They're trying to block out the sun. That is the full agenda. But when you say the word chemtrails – they have this preconceived notion someone has talked to them before and told them that they're being sprayed with poison every day and they it's so it's coming from a crazy person first of all and it's so big and extreme that they that they then eventually encounter solar geoengineering we're going to go up with balloons and planes and with Harmless sulfuric acid, or maybe some aluminum, we're going to slowly block out your sun to save you. What sounds better? Chemtrails from a homeless person that works for the CIA who has smeared poop all over themselves, shaking you and saying, You're going to die, chemtrails, or someone who the government says, Trust us, this is a scientist, solar geoengineering is going to save you. It's the exact same thing, but they have framed your perception. So for me, yeah, okay, for one, for one, I'm not going to – like Michael J. Murphy ended up – he had a third film that he was supposed to come out with, An Unconventional Shade of Grey. He raised $35,000. He got up in a plane. Okay, now I want to talk about this. Okay, so I'm a normal person. And when I first came across chemtrails, I said, you know what? Someone needs to go up in a plane, and they can go up and and capture some of this chemtrail dust firsthand firsthand. And then get it sampled, right? And once they sample it, what they'll do is take it to a lab and see exactly what is in it. I do grassroots activism all the time. I don't leave the house without a stack of flyers. I'm either promoting my next event or I'm promoting the film or I'm passing out a flyer that says, this is weather warfare, this is solar geoengineering, this is solar radiation management, this is stratospheric aerosol injections, research chemtrails. Look up my website, actualactivist.com, right? Right? But the thing is, okay, so a lot of people, they came across this, and they say it to me on the streets. They go, you know what you should do? You should get a plane. You should go up in a plane and test these chemtrails firsthand, and then we'll see what's really in those chemicals. We'll see if it's really just water vapor, right? Well, Michael J. Murphy, he did exactly that. He filled the void. He did what you were thinking, okay? So not only is he the space filler so you don't get in a plane and go up there, but he also – did what you were thinking, so he's now your hero. And you get to sit on your couch and go, I had that idea. Oh, he's so he's as smart as I am, right? Well, guess what? The CIA, the military-industrial complex, they're pretty smart. And they have done brain mapping and analyzed the way that we think, okay? And, I mean, and if you listen to Crow's show, and you obviously do if you're listening to this one, Crow is so smart and, and knows about this. They have... They have psychoanalyzed you to a T, how you're going to act for your entire life. And they are trying to frame your, your dialogue, your comprehension of everything. And this man, he raised $35,000. He went up in a plane and got a chemtrail sample. And then all of a sudden, he couldn't come out with his movie because he lost his mind and he was crazy, and some people say he has a meth problem. Either way, the money disappeared, and the film never came out. Okay? The first two movies, I believe, were purposefully not very good. So if you were not awake and trying to watch it, you could find these reasons to debunk this film. It didn't talk about Ted Gunderson, the former FBI chief. Why would it not? It didn't talk about a lot of things that it needed to, and it had a lot of errors in it that it didn't need to have. So what I'm getting at is you see where I'm going is, yes, my movie is it's the best chemtrail film out there. And I hope and pray <clears throat> that it's going to alter the way that people think about this and start the conversation that needed to have been taken place over the past couple of decades. But really, it needs to bring truth forward to everyone to see the truth. For themselves. Right. And, and that old movie didn't do it. And and ultimately the people who believed in him and gave him money. And, and now, you know, he's a crazy person. And, and that's just so that you lose faith in the activist
0: community. Well, I, I'd like to add here, you know, it's my intention that on the under the membership login of the full show on my website, I'm going to put a link to your film and a login for the membership. Um, I would suggest, Matt, that it'll be a pretty telling thing because a few hundred people, minimally, uh, will watch it and we'll be able to see what the comments are and clearly – There's probably almost certainly controlled opposition that have joined my website. I see comments all the time that make me suspect that. And, you know, let's face it, for a few bucks, anyone can monitor what's going on there. But uh, the point I would make is most of the community um, is if they take the time to comment, you can tell if they're into what they're writing about. But I would further point out my demographic is the heaviest around 35 to 45 Peter's off on either side, but I've started to pick up a lot more young people. And believe me, I'm with you there. Um, What the young people are into and what they're doing is so critical because of the gaming onslaught, the coming virtual reality, all the things that are going to track the young generation off into this animal farm-esque existence, while the entirety of reality is kind of shifted through full-spectrum programming. My point here is you're going to have a broad audience from 18 all the way up to 75 – So it will be a very interesting thing uh, to put that clip up there and just see what people's reaction are, because I think I saw about probably a third of it. I've had a chance to get through so far, and I have to agree that it's much more thorough and covers many things that I wasn't even really aware of and haven't even really had time to think of yet. So anyhow, there's that to, to consider. But anyhow, let me chuck it back over to Jason.
2: So Matt, I have seen the film, as I said, and it is really, really, really well done. You've just got fact after fact after fact, and you did it in a historical timeline way also, so that you can show the buildup of how things kind of started with all of this and worked their way up. Now, how long did this take to put together? How much research did you do? You know, all these things. I, I want to actually do a film myself, so, you know, let's hear all about your production and uh, the editing and all that good stuff.
1: It took two years. And the thing about filmmaking is you start off on one, <laughs> you start off thinking it's going to be one thing and you start pushing forward. And then one of my film professors, they, they always said, you have to learn to kill your darlings. And killing my darlings is exactly what I did. I had countless interviews that I could not include because it just didn't flow. I had activist Patrick Roddy. I had him up as a guest in Vancouver. I filmed him in all these different outdoor settings. Luckily, we didn't get a full-on grid pattern then because it was a couple years ago. Had he come up in 2017, it would be easy to get a full-fledged aerosol attack because we get it almost every day up here nowadays, because they've learned how to weaponize the ionosphere and they, the jet stream pattern. They're hold, they they put the storms in a holding pattern up here over Vancouver Island and Vancouver. So there there's a full-fledged manipulation up here. And I think that the global agenda is full steam now. So, But yeah, so I interviewed Patrick Roddy. I have all these clips that I did not include. I interviewed Scott Stevens, um, f- former weatherman, all these clips I did not include the movie ultimately did not end up with a narration. And I am so thankful for that because that was one of the biggest struggles is I didn't want to be the narrator of the film. I didn't even want to be in the film, but I ended up, I ended up in the movie for sure. Um, Because at the second global chemtrail summit, I I gave a speech that I was really proud of um, pretty inspiring. So I ended up plugging some of that in at the end. But, but yeah, like making a documentary about this and not walking the viewer through it with a narration that was a big goal of mine. And I was really happy that I was unable that I was that I didn't do that, you know, because narrations are cheesy. And I didn't want the thing to be all about me at the beginning. It was at the beginning when I first started making the movie, it was my name is Matt. I woke up to chemtrails when I was on a farm. And then I saw, and then I, and then I, and then I, you know. And and at that point, the film was on a scale from 1 to 10. It was like a 3. Now it's a 9, you know. And ultimately, I'm, it's the director's cut right now. Once I'm completely, completely refined it and, and and sharpened all the edges, it'll be a 10. I'm really, really, really proud of it. I'm really proud that I was able to find the clips to make it encompass the history of it all. Because people need to know that weather modification, that experimenting with the clouds has been going on for a long, long time. When you try to wake someone up to this, it's such a big conspiracy that it's easy for them to have the cognitive dissonance because they don't know anything about it. The government is controlling what? The weather, they're doing what? They're weaponizing the ionosphere. I don't think that that is possible, Matt. That is such a big program that they wouldn't do that to us.
2: Awesome. Well, (laughs) so what are your plans for the film now, now that you're uh, about to have the full release? What's actually what, what you have in mind to do?
1: Well, my first plan was to slowly release it and to go on radio shows and then to plug it into different film festivals and win a film festival and to keep going around city to city selling the DVDs and all that. But that's not going to get it out to the to the masses as fast as it needs to happen. Oh, yeah. And, and also, I had no idea how much the film was going to evolve because I didn't know that they were going to come out with 12 new cloud names, that they were going to announce that they need to block out the sun, that the Trump administration and the Obama administration, as they left, signed off on solar geoengineering and that this big normalization campaign was going to come out. I thought the film was going to be about was gonna be me trying to convince people, hey, chemtrails are real. Not guess what, they're normalizing chemtrails and this is solar geoengineering and they're gonna block out your sun like in the Matrix. You know, like the whole the whole story shifted while I was making the movie. But yeah, I'm going to plug it around as much as I possibly can and then I'm gonna put it up for everybody to see in the in the near future.
0: So, Matt, let me jump in here and shift gears a little bit. Um, I, I think what I've derived from most of what you said is that the main root thing we're dealing with here is having sunlight blocked out, solar radiation blocked out. Probably the excuse, the false excuse of global warming will help that agenda. But I I would ask you, uh, you know, I've seen so many people start to run with this idea. I have no idea whether you were the, you know, the person who kind of encapsulated this idea or not, but they're starting to say things like we get to a point 30 years from now when people are basically paying for sunlight or energy or any number of things associated with it. But I mean, is that basically what we're talking about? If you're going to boil this down into one egg to present to people, it's about blocking sunlight. Is that correct? Yeah, It
1: is. And I think that we've actually gotten to a point already where people are paying for sunny days. Um, People with big money are actually paying to clear the sky. If you go online, you can pay to have a clear day on your wedding day. It might cost you a couple hundred grand, but ultimately that's the environment that we're going to be living in in the future is, is, yeah, no sun. And the people that have the money, they can pay. To have a clear sky. But the thing is, and I'll keep this really short, is if you can control the weather, you can make money off of it. there's a, there's a market, there's a futures market where, where weather as a commodity is traded. So the people that are in control, they're people making money off of it, they're going to be in charge of the sunlight.
0: Well, I'll paint a picture for people here. Last year, when when we were waiting for things to warm up and I was really hoping to get more telescopes time in the spring, um, we didn't see what even felt like spring till near April. This year, we're all the way into June and it has been raining almost nonstop, uh, cracking up supposedly one of the five rainiest springs on record. And what we see here is on a blue sky day. When I was out earlier, it is a blue sky day with seemingly natural clouds. I didn't see any chemtrails, which is a rare thing. But what tends to happen is I get all excited. I think, okay, I could go out and film the moon if it's in the right spot for me to do so. And every single night, what happens is near the end of the evening, if they have not been spraying all day, which they usually do if the sky is blue, they begin to hit the ecliptic or the path of the sun. I think I have seen a sunset once since I've been here. Once. What they're doing is making this big blotted out area of the sky where the sun is going down, which brings up my next question. And I don't know how on this topic you're going to be. If you want to pass on it, you can. A lot of people have been filming the sun and they think there's something funky going on there. There's these ideas that there's technology associated with it. There's ideas that there's other bodies. There's all these ideas because of the bizarre footage that's been collected around the world. But what I can say is I absolutely started telling people something like three years ago, the next big discovery will be with the sun and they are intentionally blocking the rise in the set almost everywhere. Um, do you have any response to these ideas? Uh, I do.
1: And um, now that my activist network is growing and I've got a lot of followers on Facebook, I get messages all the time with different videos different theories on it all. Some people think that there's Nibiru and they're, and they're blocking Nibiru. Some people think that, there's, that the sun is actually going out and there's different panels that are going out on the sun and they need to block it while they replace the different light bulbs in the sun kind of thing. I think per, my personal recent theory is that the morning and the late day sun is a pure orange light and this pure orange light has a frequency and that that frequency has something to do with the evolution of mankind and if we don't get that pure orange light then 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 we're being pro, then they're blocking something from us something rich that we need you know we're we're get, we're we're getting more of this white light more like the moonlight which is which is not what you know it's not our pure good pure good natural light that we need so i'm thinking it's something to do with the with the frequency honestly i have a lot
0: of theories but that's the new one that i'm on You, you know what man i'm on on the overall idea you just expressed i am totally on board and i can give you this firsthand experience i too suspect that the sun is directly related with, I don't know, I don't like using the word evolution, but our physical path as humans and the blocking of the sunlight probably does 50 things at once. We know who these people are. We know they're like a hundred times more intelligent than the other person you would meet on the street uh, for whatever reason, but here's the thing. Some years ago, three, maybe, I don't know, uh, something like that, when I first began to have access to a solar telescope, there was all this activity on the sun that I could film. shortly after i started you know using the solar telescope the sun went flat i mean sunspots became rare surface detail was gone the prominences went way down i think 2 weeks ago I filmed the sun, didn't post it because it's simply just a red disc with, I think there was one tiny prominence you could detect. There were no sunspots. There was no surface detail. There was nothing I could do with the system I have to bring up anything of interest other than posting basically a red circle. And what they have told us is that the sun is on an 11-year cycle. There's your 11. I've told people so often that in my view, whenever you see the number 11 encoded in mainstream information that hits a million minds, you're looking at the Casting of a spell, but anyhow, we're told the sun is on eleven-year cycle and that we're at the solar low. As a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, and I'm pulling this off the top of my head, I think we're beyond that supposed eleven-year solar minimum. But yet, it is still what we see. I just want to point out before I kick it back over to Jason that I think you're absolutely spot on in the idea that there is something to research in the way of the sun having a direct bearing on the path of human beings as we move forward, almost like we're being purposely retarded, not just by food, not just by water and the things they put in water, but the literal blocking of sunlight. Anyhow, Jason, go ahead and grab it.
2: Now, Matt, I'm very curious about something you said a little while ago, and that's about how the uh, Chemtrail activist community has gotten really big and you're in contact with tons of people. What kind of interference are you seeing on your end For example, uh, what would you call them, like like trolls or people trying to directly interfere with your work? Let's put it that way.
1: Well, of course I get – or not of course, but I do get trolls all the time. Um, I don't give them any attention. I just block and move on. One thing that I have encountered, which is really – I hate to say the word discouraging because I'm never going to be discouraged, but it is is something, is um, I was assigned an algorithm where – Certain things don't show up to certain people. What I feel like that the social media and the internet altogether has done is they've assigned people into certain categories. So for instance, I'll be ABCD2 and you'll be ABCD3, right? But then some other, some common random person off the street, they'll be 2964 you know So you and I are in the same kind of grouping. And so because we're in the same grouping, we're awake and aware and we know about these things, chemtrails, vaccines, yeah, 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 yeah. So they're trying to contain a fire of awakening is is how I see it. So if I post something about vaccine awareness or chemtrails, you know, you'll see it. And other people that are already awake, they'll see it. So it's to to try to convince us that we're not being – scrutinized, filtered, or censored, right? But it's obvious to me because only these certain people see it. I've I've done experiments where someone new, they go onto my Facebook, they follow me, they click see first, and I post certain things and it just doesn't show up to them. They go onto my timeline, it's not visible to them. There was a point, so I started really promoting the second Global Chemtrail Summit in Portland, which was on May 7th. So about a month before in April, I started full steam promoting this event and all of a sudden certain posts of mine were showing up completely blank, but only to some people. It would get up to about 20 likes, so you know around 100 people would see it, but then all of a sudden it would be blank to countless amounts of people, and, and at that juncture – was the point where I didn't get any more viral posts. I was having a post every other day reach 20,000 shares. Like I was really getting a lot of activity on my page. And I can narrow it down to one specific post. I posted, it said, clear blue sky 1990, and it's blue. And then on the other half of the meme, Clear blue sky, 2017, and it's this silvery white, blue. You know they call it blue white sky that we now is our clear blue sky. I posted it. It got a thousand shares, so I've got 22,000 followers on Facebook. And I laid. And if you've ever followed me on Facebook, I laid on thick. Like these followers are are they're committed to me. You know, like I, I'll post a hundred things in a day. And if you don't want to know about chemtrails, then you leave. It got a thousand shares in the first ten minutes and then it was removed. Completely removed by Facebook. And afterwards, nothing was able to go viral and different things were just showing up blank. So there's that. There's that. I feel like and I've heard that that Crow has also received similar similar things. Have you have you experienced Crow? I've heard.
0: Yeah, what, what you're talking about is, um, you know, for those who are not familiar with me that may be listening, I have a degree in Internet technology, um, one of the first degrees offered in this country, actually, um, which is why it has a funny name like inter- Internet technology. It's no longer called that. Um, my point would be that everything Matt is saying underscores what's coming in the digital age. We're talking full spectrum programming uh, just in day to day living. But full information control. And uh, to relate exactly what Matt just referenced about what's going on in Facebook, I don't use Facebook for these reasons, As an example, on the last episode, I had, I think, seven or eight people contact me telling me they put the actual URL of my podcast website, my private podcast website, into an Apple search tool, and they wrote Crow777radio.com, and the Apple search tool returned to them, sorry, cannot find this, can't be found. Um, YouTube has been playing total shenanigans where I can't even tell you how many people have contacted me in the last couple of weeks saying that my videos will not stream. And it's not just a bandwidth problem because they say I come back hours later, a day later, we cannot stream your content. We can't get through it and we just give up. But what's more is my channel on YouTube gained somewhere between, I don't know, eight to a thousand subs a month for a long time. Right now, I'm still growing. I gained a couple hundred subs, but I'm losing, according to YouTube, five to 800 a month, somewhere in the neighborhood of 30,000 on the life of the channel. What we're witnessing here is the ability for non-human entities to monitor the entire web if that's the way they choose to do it, and they can do it. Keyword things, and then just truncate whatever they want. And as Matt was pointing out, let the people who already know there's something going on, get all the content they want, but prevent the new audience from seeing anything. So I can assure everyone listening, um, that this is absolutely going on and it's a full frontal press. It's not even hidden at this point. Um, but anyhow, Jason, we're real close to the top of the hour. Let's make a decision here. Um, we have viewer questions to get through. We could easily fill an hour with them. Do you want to have Matt back a little bit into the second hour? Um, uh, wh- what do you think, Jason?
2: Let's have Matt stick around a little bit if he's cool with it. And uh, we'll we'll talk about the release of the film, how he's going to do it, where he's going to do it, all that good stuff.
0: All right. Let's do this, Matt, if you're OK with it. Let's dedicate the first 15 or so minutes of the second hour to getting specifically into the film that you're going to allow my membership to view. Um, and then we'll switch over to viewer questions after that. Are you are you cool with that? Sounds great. Thank you. All right, man, that brings the first hour of Crow Triple Seven Radio podcast episode 60 with uh, Matt Landman, Chemtrail activist. I hope that's the right word. I know it's not. And Jason Lindgren. Uh, In the second hour, we're going to have Matt Landman back to preface the version of Franken Skies that he will provide to all membership of Crow Triple Seven Radio. Again, I've seen about a third of it. It's very well done. And I look forward to getting through the whole thing. And then. The rest of the portion, which will probably go long, um, I, I know we're going to go over an hour. We're gonna be going to be getting through viewer questions that were submitted from Crow777radio.com members. And these are very telling things because it tells what people who are trying to pay attention are thinking. Anyhow, hope to see you all over at Crow777radio.com for the second hour plus of episode 60 with Matt Landman and viewer questions. Cheers.